This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 you loyal listeners out there. Welcome back to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you the real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Jason Cass, and today I am here with somebody you know. I like to be consider myself an insurance nerd. I think he does too, but he also considers him to be a, um, a garden nerd. Um, which is really something that kind of catapulted you onto the podcast. And we're going to talk about that, Michael, about why was the time I thought would be the best. So all you know, he is Mr. Michael Overstreet is who's joined us. Yes, I know you know that when you hit play. That's the reason why you chose this one over all the others. But yes, he is here. Before we do, I want to remind you, Don, not sure exactly when you're listening to this. In the month of July, you will not hear any agency intelligence or any agents influence podcast. Our new series, Explain This Book to Me with Josh Lipstone. We'll be doing an eight-part series on customer service is just foreplay. That's the first book that he wanted to do. Lo and behold, that happens to be me. Um, and I'm going to tell you guys right now, I think this is eight podcasts of some of the best content I've delivered out there. Um, I'm the guest, but not only that, we talk about what the book was, all the parts I was wrong, all the parts I was right, what you should be doing today, and where do I see us going as I write The Great Separator. So I think it's going to be dynamic. There's a lot of things in there, loyal listeners, that I've never talked about, that I've never even thought about, and there's a lot of things that I forgot about that we're going to bring back up. So I look forward to that. Also, don't forget, AIBrainShare.com will be there October 25th to the 28th. As of right now, it is still a go. If you decide to sign up and we cancel, you get all your money back. If you decide to cancel, you get all your money back. I will never probably do this again, but for this one, I'm allowed to do it because the hotel is helping me protect my losses. AIBrainShare.com. Mr. Michael Overstreet, how are you, sir? I'm good, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. No, man. Okay, so here's the here's the whole thing, right? So, like, why now? So today we are recording this on June 23rd. Why Michael Overstreet now? So you're the the loyal listeners know how I do it, Michael. Um, I watch people, right? You popped up on my radar probably about a year ago inside of uh, uh, Made You Look Marketing by the one and only great Nicholas Ayers and that great platform that has really injected video into the insurance industry in ways that I don't think anybody else has been able to do. Um, and so thanks for him. People like you also now have a platform to not only say, hey, now I can learn how to do video better, um, but it also projected you to a platform to where we say, hey, he sticks out and he's someone that we want to get to learn from. Then recently, if I fast forward to, um, I've been following you, love your energy. I, I don't know if there's a lot of people out there that can do video like Nicholas Ayers. And I'm going to be honest, I'm cocky, me. I mean, I think we're pretty good on video. And when I saw you, I really, really think you're good. But then 
now, about a month ago, you started uh, talking about your your real true you know passion besides insurance, your side hustle passion, um, which is gardening. Um, and my wife is huge into gardening. And so I started showing her some stuff. Now she started following you. And I thought to myself, dude. And so I watched your most recent one. I think it was the, um, it's a freaking uh, uh, plant. I can't even, it's a vegetable or something. Lakatas or loquat, loquat, loquat. And I told my wife, I said, Hey, Hey, I'm getting this guy. He's coming on the podcast, you know? And she's like, Oh, that'll be a good one. Um, and so that's why I wanted to bring you on here, dude. I want to talk about insurance. I want to talk about life and gardening because it's something we've never talked about before. So welcome, Michael, and I uh, appreciate you. you coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Happy to talk about gardening. I'm always happy to talk about gardening. <laughs> that's that's so awesome, dude, because you don't meet a lot of people that are. And let's be honest, I think it's um, stereotyped as a woman profession, yeah. right? As a woman side hustle. And I think that there's a lot of men out there who love you because you're carrying that flag to say, no, 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 no. I like hoes too. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> hey, all loyal listeners, no, this isn't Snoop Dogg. We're talking about the hoes and shovels. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so yes, um, you are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? Droid. Mmm. And loyal listeners, I didn't even know that. I couldn't even use an iPhone. If you gave me an iPhone and said to call someone, I couldn't even do it. You probably couldn't, but since it's made for second and third graders, you'd probably be able to figure it out really fast. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah, you know, the droids are what's tough. So, 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 Michael, uh, this is funny. I just posted this in the mastermind this morning. Like, um, they came out with the Apple iOS 14, right? And they uh -huh. released this yesterday, like on these new features. I kid you not, go find the article and read it. You're a droid user. Like, they're talking about all this cool stuff that's coming out. And I'm like, uh, we've been doing this for a long time. So like, if you are watching a video, Michael, check, check this new uh -huh. innovation out. If you're watching a video and you decide you want to use another app, it will shrink the video to the corner for you. So you can use your uh -huh. other apps. Right wow. Hey, we've been doing that since what? 2015. Right. Over on the, I mean, I was like, I was like, what? I'm like, oh, man. I did that already, you know? And I mean, and then I can't even remember what the, the other one was. I've got to have to look here because the other one that I just totally made fun of was literally, I think it's something that like we've, we've literally had for, oh my gosh, I, I think like nine to 10 years and they're just now coming out with it. And I'm like, now loyal listeners, you're going to jump on me and send me all kinds of emails and that's fine. You're allowed to do that because you're going to be like, God dang it, Jason, you said that wrong. And no, I said it the way I wanted. It's my podcast. I can say <laughs> however I want. Um, but here's, here's what it was. Um, widgets. Oh yeah. Widgets. Yeah. Th they're bragging about how they have widgets. So like, <laughs> if you're, if you're looking at like something and you like it, like if it shows the weather, you can just drag it out of the app right onto your home screen and you can oh, have the widget no. on your home screen. <laughs> Are you freaking serious that was right like now? One of the first things years <laughs> ago. Yes, I know. I know. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is like 2010 droid. Anyways, man, for all you there, I get That's to say great. it because they always come out every year at this time and I get to beat up all the Apple people. <laughs> Widgets. Widgets. Well, okay. They'll be happy. Yeah. I'm sure they'll love it. <laughs> I said good for them. <laughs> you guys love it. We're, we're on to new stuff that they'll be on. I, I think 
is Apple made by the insurance industry? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. They're on the same trajectory. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Innovation. Wow. Anyways, okay, man. Um, so uh, what's the last app you downloaded? Um, what is the last app I downloaded? The last app I downloaded was a gardening app. It was my <laughs> uh, my wireless sprinkler timer and watering timer. <laughs> Bam! That's great, you know? It's a no great long, one. Beehive. No Control everything beehive? from my phone. Bam. No no longer going behind the uh, the heating and air conditioning outside, twisting the little dial. You know what I mean? Oh. Right. Yeah, that's where it was. It was in the corner of my garage, and I hated walking out there every time. I hated it. Yeah, now it's like, bing, bing, bing. Yep. You know, when you can control everything. If I can talk to someone in China with one button, I should be able to control my sprinkler system exactly. with exactly. one with one button. You're right. Um, and so, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Love winning. Although, you know what? Sometimes it's good to lose. I've learned a lot from losing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you love to win overall. Absolutely. That positivity, you know, yep. it's why we do what we do. You know, it's, 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 it's the finish line. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. So if there were two things, just two things in the world that drove your success to where it is today, one was skill, one was luck. What would you say personally has been a major, the biggest factor in your life? Honestly, I would say luck being in the right place at the right time and I wouldn't say I'm the greatest skilled salesman. I wouldn't say I'm the greatest skilled, you know, insurance guy. I've just been at the right place at the right time, and I haven't been afraid to try things. That's right. Boom. Boom. People say a lot of different things, but I think when it comes down to it, it all funnels down to that. I've been in the right place at the right time. I told my son, the, um, one of the, one of the um, when I first started working, I used to milk cows. It was like one of my uh-huh. first jobs, right? I worked on the farm. I was smart real fast. I figured out that Wendy's was paying $4.79 uh-huh. and the farm was paying like $12 an hour. So I was uh-huh. like, well, I think I'm going to go do that, right? Yep. But I can't tell you how many relationships and how many paths were created by me milking cows. My friends made fun of me that I was out milking cows and they were doing the normal thing. But because I was in a spot where you didn't normally see young people, I was meeting things that were outside of my norm. It it, it, it intertwined and any anytime we can get more unique uh, nationalities, unique ideas in, involved in something, I believe that fabric gets stronger and stronger. And I believe one of those Um, pieces that was woven was every job I had, every connection I made. And you can look back and you can follow, probably follow that strand back to something that was successful today. So I I agree emphatically with what you're saying. It's all about opportunity and you willing to say yes when others were like, "Eh, I don't know about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Never shut down people, never shun people out of your life, never shut down an opportunity because 10 years down the road, it could pay off just from having that relationship. Some plants grow in a couple of days, some plants takes a year for it to grow. You know, I was talking with them dudes over at Podium one time, and they were telling me about this piece of uh, of bamboo. Uh-huh. It's a piece of bamboo, and I don't know the name of it. It's a real weird name. And and they have a piece of it in their uh, lobby in the uh, in 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 their lobby of their building. And one of the things that's this crazy about this thing, and I'm going to butcher this, but if anybody at Podium is listening, you can hit me or hit Michael and let him know. This is a very small – it's a very big piece of bamboo, but it small, starts out very small. And I guess you have to like water the crap out of it, okay? But once you water it, it takes forever for it to grow. But once it starts growing, it grows like – I mean huge. 
and you don't hardly have to water it very much in as it goes along. It's really, really weird. Yeah. You just have to keep doing it. And and so it um, they were using it as a symbol to a startup. Right at the beginning, wow. like you're throwing all kinds of stuff at it. It's kind of growing. It's not. But then after a while, those processes get it's just gone. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. And my brain brought it in because you're, <laughs> you're a gardener. And I love bamboo. I have lots of bamboo in my yard. <laughs> Do you, dude, bamboo is some cool stuff. Bamboo yeah. is some really cool stuff. So take us back to high school, college. Uh, where were you born? Uh, Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona. My grandma lived there. I love Mesa, Arizona. Oh. So to take, take us from high school, college, and bring us forward to where you are today. Sure. So in high school, my, my dad had done insurance. I always knew about insurance. He was more like um, life insurance, financial investments, things to that nature. Um, I didn't pay much attention to it, but I knew of the insurance world. As a typical high school, I didn't really care what my dad did for a living. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I went on a mission for my church. I went to the Dominican Republic, Ooh. which kind of piqued my interest when it came to the tropical trees, fruit trees, gardening, ah. things of that nature. Because in the Caribbean, you can grow anything, man. Mangoes, avocados, papaya, whatever. That's your heaven, dude. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you throw it, you eat a mango, throw the seed down, and it grows the next day. It's awesome. It's <laughs> <That is> awesome. <laughs> so, um, and then I got back, and at that point, my dad was working as the financial guy for Allstate agents. Um, their, their setup used to be, per 10 agents, there was one financial guy. Okay. Um, and so he knew a lot of Allstate agents, so... He said, hey, do you want a job? I just got home from my mission. I had no job, no prospects. He knew an agent that needed to hire someone. So I went and worked for this Allstate agent. Um, I realized I liked the insurance industry, but I did not like this agent. So in about six months, I, I ditched him and I went and worked for another insurance or for another Allstate guy. Um, and I really liked him. But then after a few years, I realized, hey, this insurance game is cool, but being a captive agent, sucks <laughs> yeah right about that yep so at that point he was getting ready to kind of take it easy kind of retire um so he was really awesome he sold his all-state book of business and then he basically was my partner in helping me get everything set up with nice. my independent insurance agency nice um he was a blessing but at the same time he was really old school oh, and yeah. he kind of held me back on a lot of things um, we think insurance is antiquated now, but the way I was living with him, I was even more in the dark ages. I had no idea all these awesome resources, IAOA. I had no idea Jason Cass existed. I had no idea all these people existed Ooh. as resources to help insurance agents. Um, and so it wasn't until about four or five years ago when, when we cut ways, I bought them out. Um, Safe Street Insurance was mine completely, um, where I found all these awesome resources. And so I feel like really my true insurance career started five years ago. Um, right. That's when I feel like my mind was open, my world was opened, and I've been head down going strong ever since. That's fantastic, dude. Yes, that's been fantastic. And so it's only been uh, two, probably two years since I, I saw you out there and stuff, but you've been uh, – You've been a big part of IAOA, which has been fantastic. You've been a big part of the industry. And I believe your video, you've been using video and I think a lot of things that you do, yes, for your gardening, but for the insurance. Um, are you still using video? Is that still a main driver of somehow you do marketing in your office? It is, yes. Um, so the, the organic stuff, I'm slowly trying to build. That's kind of like your analogy of the bamboo. I, I know yeah. that takes a while. I'm not trying to make it rich off of video now, but yes, definitely using video, building that mm -hmm. organic present, um, both gardening and insurance. 
Um, and I can tell you how I'm using gardening to help with my interns, if you like. That's what, that's what we're here for, brother. Okay. okay. So I've been personal lines. I, I, up until this point, I've done very, very little commercial. I always hear everybody talk about commercial niches. You need a niche. You need a niche. That's how you need to break into the commercial well, we're world. Here. Mm -hmm. And I kept racking my brain. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't have a niche. What can be my niche? And then finally, it dawned on me. Actually, I think it was IOA in San Diego when it dawned on me. Dude, I love to garden. I have tons of fruit trees. I know that industry very well. And so at that point, I was like, okay, that's my niche. I'm Dude, gonna... I bet you're going to kill it. Yeah. You're going to yeah. kill it. All these other industry agents out there are like, well, our agency has done this for 150 years. And you're going to be like, 150 years? That's pretty impressive. I've got 150 YouTube subscribers times 10. What's right? up? Back up all day, You know? Exactly. So, Wow. Yes. That, that's good stuff. To me, that was just obvious. Yes. Is that you should be doing that. So how are you using that right now? Are you just building authority or are you actively prospecting in that niche? Right now I'm building authority, I agree. Um, but Smart I'm also, do. I know many of the um, nursery owners in the Valley. In fact, one of my videos was an interview with him promoting his nursery. No mention of insurance yet. Just building my authority Letting That's people right. know I am the man in this space. Um, after right. a few months of building my authority, that's when I'm going to hit it hard. And I told Nick this the other day, I'm going to insure every single nursery in Arizona. <laughs> yep. And Arizona is only the limits because that's limiting because you can go everywhere. And I, yep. and I agree, dude. And I mean, there are, you know, Hortica. Do you have, you guys have Hortica insurance out there? Um, yes. Hortica, so Hortica is actually headquartered literally two miles from me. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and they have a big, beautiful building. Um, I actually write a lot of their the commercial lines and the marketing to pe people know me, and they send me a ton ton of business. And what's amazing is they have went, they have this big, beautiful building, and they found out that they are more profitable and more efficient working from home. And like literally half of their employees who are efficient and profitable are saying, "I want to stay home and work." And they're now looking at, I mean, this building is huge and it is beautiful and it's like half full now. And wow. I mean, and so it's really, really crazy how things are changing. But anyways, Hortica, which is a huge leader in this, I mean, they've got some guys that are, are very knowledgeable, but I'm not trying to be rude. I'm being serious here, even though it sounds funny. Like you could have 10, 15 years in selling insurance for um, agriculture, you know, uh, gardening, whatever, landscaping. I don't know, whatever the hell that the industry is called. Um, but if I've been doing it for a year or two and I got 500 YouTube subscribers and thousands of views, I mean, yep. and I'm an insurance agent, which yep. is more sexy, the insurance agent that knows something about your industry or someone who's in your industry that knows something about insurance, exactly. right? That should be something you have on a video. And it's okay. If you make money off from YouTube, send me some, <laughs> but that needs, that needs to be the one, which one, which, which order is correct? Insurance, knowing the business or knowing the business and then insurance, because I believe number two is more correct. I and, agree. And yeah, and and I think that when somebody watches your videos, I don't think they, I don't know how they're going to say like, yeah, I relate to that guy over there in the suit, not this guy over here in the backwards hat teaching me how to <laughs> how to make bamboo in freaking Arizona, right? right? 
And when you cold call and walk into a business, who's the owner going to talk with? An insurance guy in a suit or the guy that he knows because he has a relationship with and he's seen his videos. And there's a thing I need to look this up, loyal listeners, because you heard me talk about it enough. Joey Jingola has talked about it with podcasts and videos. There is a weird thing that happens in our brain. It's a it's a psych it's a psychology thing that whenever we see somebody on TV and we hear their voice over and over again, it like puts that person in a different part of our brain. They don't associate that with being a friend. They don't associate that with being an advisor, insurance agent. It's like whatever that is, famous person. Yeah. And re- regardless if it is or not, it's the way our brains perceive it. So when you talk to that person, it's not so much that they know you or, you know, that they know your industry. It's like, holy shit, Michael Overstreet's calling. I mean, it gets to that point in time. And to have your customers think that you're famous enough that they're going to buy insurance from you because, oh yeah, he might know something about insurance too, but he knows about my business. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a great that point. A- that's yeah. powerful, bro. Yeah. That's powerful. And agents right now that don't understand how they will be eliminated over the coming years, that's part of it. It's Agreed. not just one, it's that's not one thing. It's multiple things. And you can either do business with the famous person or you don't. Well, well, what about all the other gardeners out there? Well, first of all, I don't know many other insurance agents that that say that they're gardening nuts. But guess what? You're not going to be able to write everybody in Georgia and Florida. There's enough exactly. insurance to go around for everybody. Yep. Yep. So I I think think about this. I've never thought about this. In 50 years, will they're like all the gardening insurance or anything that has to do with uh, horticulture or anything is done by agents who are also YouTube stars, right? And then you could have like you could have like automobile businesses and they're just all mastered by people who are YouTube stars, right? And yeah. it's not so much that they're YouTube stars and and what they sell, it's in the fact of here's what I know and hey, if I know insurance, would it not make sense that we would want to be insured by somebody like that? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Just totally makes sense. Yep. Totally 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 makes sense. Yep. My brain's going a couple of different places there. I was going to say that, that's why yeah. I love video. That's the way you build relationships on a mass scale. Individually, mm-hmm. in person, you can't build those relationships. Video, you're building relationships all across the country. So where did it come from? I and mean, you were literally in Dominican Republic eating a mango, ate it, threw it down, <laughs> came back four days later, and it started to grow. And you're like, hey, I think I like this. I mean, how did this come about? Well, I just loved mangoes. I loved all tropical fruit. Oof, so I love mangoes. I, I was home from my mission. And honestly, it was four or five years later, I saw some guy on Facebook that lived in Mesa, Arizona as well that was growing bananas and mangoes. And I was like, dude, you can grow mangoes here? <laughs> I, I had no idea. <laughs> and so wow, I messaged I him. And he's like, yeah, dude. And he gave me like a list of three nurseries. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So I went out and I bought my first mango tree. And I told my wife, oh, I'm good. I have one mango tree. You know, this is probably the last tree I'll buy. <laughs> Fast forward five years, I have like 150 fruit trees in my yard. <laughs> That's like the smallest yard ever. And I have like a dozen mango trees and I'm not slowing down, man. <laughs> Dude, I've seen your backyard, obviously in your videos, but yeah, you think you're roughly around 150. Yeah. You think that, oh my yeah. God. Yep. yep. And I have everything. I mean, mangoes, papaya. Um, have you thought about and, moving so that you could have a bigger area? I mean, yeah. have you thought about maybe buying a piece of property? What are your thoughts there? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's probably in the future. Um, we don't, my wife and I, neither of us want a bigger house, but we want land, a couple acres. Dude, you can make a killing. I mean, I plant 20 peach trees. I make a bank every spring on the, on the peaches that I sell. So yeah, I definitely, that's in the future. We're going to have an orchard. 
there's orchards down the road for me and they make bank. I didn't even think of what it would be like to sell peaches in a place where there's no freaking peaches, yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. You can make, wow. I didn't yep. even think of that. Yep. Yeah. So your wife helps you as well. She's, she's big into this. Uh, she, she supports me at first. She was like, dude, you don't need another tree. <laughs> and then, and then finally I just stopped asking her permission because every time I asked her permission, she's like, you're going to buy a tree if you want a tree anyway, so just do whatever you want. <laughs> so now it's like, no big deal. I come home and my truck is full of like five trees. She's like, Oh, there we go. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, does she but, like to cook? I mean, what is, I mean, yeah, because, she, because, she loves it. I'll cook the vegetables and bring them in and, and she'll cook them up. The fruits right now she loves, I, I'm growing these plum cots. It's a mixture between plums and apricots. And I gave her one and she's like, dude, these are amazing. So now she just loves it. Anytime I come in in the morning with plum cots for her, she loves it. So she loves all the fruit. She, she doesn't love to get out there and plan and get dirty with me, but she loves to reap the benefits. <laughs> Absolutely. Seems like a lot of people do that in life, right? They've got to have those who are the uh, sowers and those who are the reapers. Absolutely. So yes, that, that is, um, uh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, so uh, maybe we were going there, but what, where, so where did this, where did this come from? I mean, did, is this something you liked when you were younger? I mean, a lot of people could say, Hey, you could grow a mango tree. I like mangoes. I think probably more than you. I like them that much. I go to Cuba and I mean, I get sick. I eat there so many <laughs> and they have like, and they'll tell you there's like over 40 different types of mangoes. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. People have no idea. More than and, that. There's probably over 200. Probably. Yes. Okay. In Cuba, that's the ones oh, that they okay. know. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I, but What's amazing is they laugh in Cuba because I will come back to the States and I'll put like a, a mango in my hand and it will just cover my palm and a little bit of my <laughs> of my fingers. You know, the ones we're getting at Walmart or something, right? Yep, yep. And dude, when I go there, if I put a, a mango in my hand, you can't see my hand. Yeah. Like it, it's ginormous. Right, like, right. And, and, and when I go there, I get sick because in, in Illinois, I have to drink or drink. I have to eat like probably two mangoes to get full filled up because uh -huh. they're not that big. I go there and I eat two mangoes. I'm going to be bloated. And all, I mean, I mean, and believe me, I still try it because I love their mangoes. There's a difference between their mangoes and theirs, but there's a difference between Caribbean pineapple and the pineapple we yes, get. I mean, 100%. even if they say, oh, it was picked a week ago, I don't know where they're getting it not from. It's not the same as if you're there um, doing that. And all you have been on a resort or anything in the Caribbean, you know that. It's one of the reasons why I just love the Caribbean besides it's hot and you know, yep. and, and fish, deep sea fishing. God, I love the Caribbean. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. So, I mean, was it just straight because this is who you are? You fell into something? You decided to like it? Are you trying to fill the time around being a parent? I'm really quite, really curious where this deep desire, there's a difference between growing a couple of trees and then just being a straight gardener. Right, right. No, I would say it's been ingrained in me from a young age, just the whole landscaping, growing grass, growing shrubs, just making your yard look nice. Ah. That's been ingrained in me. My, my grandpa, till the day he died, um, he was out mowing his yard. He, he just loved it. Um, my grandma grew grapes. I remember that growing up. So no, it's been ingrained in me. I've loved having just grass. I have a Facebook group specific to Arizona called Perfect Lawns of Arizona, where all we do is talk about growing the perfect lawn. <laughs> so no, it's been, it's been something I love to do. But now I'm like, okay, now I can not just grow things, but I can also grow things that taste fantastic. And then on top of that, Dude, I live in Arizona. It's 110 degrees today. 
after a while you start to hate the sun and you love some shade, you love some tropical look, you get tired of the cactuses and nothing else. True. So I told True. my wife, I'm like, my, my goal is just to grow so many trees where I have complete shade at my house. And this is kind of a goal of mine. I want to be able to like create this microclimate of my backyard to where when you pull up into my house, the temperature drops like five degrees. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. <laughs> yeah, that would be super. And 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 what does it? I mean, do you just have a big water bill, or is there a way to actually grow in the desert that people don't realize? Yeah. So most people, and I tell people, when you try and start growing fruit trees in the desert, you got to throw aesthetics out the window. So I may not have the nicest, cleanest lines and the rocks completely clean. I throw all. It's called mulch all my yard clippings, all my grass clippings, everything, I just pile it high. So you have six inches to two feet just full of yard clippings. You, gotcha. you pile that on top of the soil, the soil is going to stay cooler so much longer and it's going to stay wet so much longer. Uh, um, and so you have to use mulch in the desert to lower your water bill. Otherwise, you're going to be watering all day long. Your water bill is going to be insane. But mine gotcha. isn't bad. I mean, I have a pool and I have three bathrooms four girls living in my house. No, three girls living in my house. So they use a lot of water. <laughs> and my water bill is probably only like 350 a month. Right. It's not horrible. <laughs> in, in, in the Midwest, that's very, very high. So, oh, is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. We, we pay our water bill every two months, and I think it's $80. Oh, so 350 is a lot. For right. <laughs> but my homeowner's insurance is also 1400 bucks, and I imagine yours is very low. Yeah, it's, it's growing in Arizona, but yeah, is it? 800 to yeah. 1100 Yeah, so I, got a, so I got some insureds that are here in town, and they bought a second home, and they bought like a $400-some-thousand-dollar home out in uh, – it um, starts with a B. It's out by um, – Anyways, can't think of it, but in, in, they they bought this out there and like and like they got this. I told them that they should just get a, a quote from who they went, and so they um 
their umbrella back here and all this stuff. Uh-huh. So their farmer's guy sent me a copy of their quote. Him and I work together. This son of a bitch is like $650. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't know if I have a $650 homeowner in my agency. Like, I don't know if I have that, let alone one for a 400 and something. Yeah, right. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was, that was really, really wild. But then again, you guys don't have the tornadoes and a lot of the other things that yeah. we all do. Don't have tornadoes, but, don't have earthquakes, don't have anything. But, but your water bill's high. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you're probably higher because you have a pool and you are gardening nut. Yeah. But it tells me that probably maybe somebody's could be 200 and that yeah. could be normal, right? 200 is perfectly normal in, in Arizona. Wow. wow. Yep. Makes sense though, right? Makes total sense. I mean, yeah. we have our problem here is we flood because we live right next to the Mississippi River. Completely different than what you guys are, are dealing with. We have mulch here because it looks pretty, not because it keeps the moisture <laughs> in. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. You have water on demand. <laughs> yeah, we don't we do. have water on demand. <laughs> you, let me tell you something. Let's let's talk about that for a minute because it's just a geek out moment. So I have thought about this for a long time, that we have a um, a water network that – they picture your town, right? Mm-hmm. Your town, somehow, somewhere, they pump water, however they get it, doesn't matter – they get the water and they send it through this 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 system, right? And it comes to our house. Uh-huh. But then also, whenever the water comes off or comes in from um, from us doing the things that we do, or maybe the rain, this thing goes back through a guttering system that filters this back into maybe parts of the town that need it, or back in for it to all to happen again. And in that, there is an infrastructure of 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 sewers and drains and all kinds of stuff going through, right? Yep. Why can we not do this for the United States of America, right? Yeah. In, in, they, they say that like, okay, there's a lot of times in the spring, um, it, right now, California, okay? There's a lot of times in the spring where we will have these droughts across America. There was one that went on for like three years over in, in Georgia or just a couple of years ago. And most people don't know, unless you're in Georgia, that like the Vidalia onions went, uh, were, were, were hurt. A lot of things were hurt because of this drought. And at the same time, in, in St. Louis, Missouri, we're having floods and people yeah. are dying. Yeah. And I'm like, that's only like eight, seven hours yeah. uh, difference, right? Yeah. So yeah. how do we have it to where like we can open up these massive tunnels that are that are coming out of the side of the Mississippi? And we have like an exchange system that like it would flow into Kansas City and they could turn it to where it could be shot up to Montana if they need it or it could be shot down, right? Yep. And then everybody kind of controls their own little thing that flows it out, which lowers the river dramatically, which kills a lot of the flooding. It seems like to me – and think about this, Michael. Think about Think about the jobs that would be created right. in this infrastructure. I mean, we're talking this would connect every major city, and then every major city would connect all the cities around it to be able to drain this away. You'd have independent um, private firms that would be creating their own systems to kind of pi- pipe into it yep. to bring it in. Yep. You know, they w- this would be a phenomenal thing that could be done across America. I don't know how in the hell we got onto this, but these are many, many thoughts that Jason comes up with. I think of this often. I agree. I agree. Well, we have these oil pipelines where we pump gallons or however many tons of gallons throughout the country. Wherever we need it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why are we not doing this with water? And and don't tell me it's not because it's not economic. Uh, economic. You can get private industry in this to fund this thing yeah. and make some and make some cash off of it. Yeah. Um. And a lot of times, a lot of our infrastructure on water is falling apart in this in this uh in this place as well. Maybe maybe not so much in the West. I don't know. But we have very old infrastructure over here in the Midwest and in the East. And so. 
Man, I thought about that so many damn times. I get yeah. so unbelievable when there's people who are drowning outside my house from yes. from drown and from fl- flooding, and then they, they they can't grow crops. Yeah, in three states over. Yeah, it's nuts. Doesn't make sense. We got to be able to fix this, yeah. man. Yeah, I think we could do it right here on the podcast. There you, you know, go. That's our new business plan. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, while you were saying that, though, it reminded me. I also collect my own rainwater. Ooh, you which do. Is, which helps as well. Rainwater is better for your plants as well. So I have one, one day I was sitting there, we have the monsoons in Arizona, which is mm-hmm. where in the summer, these storms, massive storms will come through and dump tons of water within an hour and then boom, they move on. Right. So one day I was sitting on my back porch cause I love to watch the rain cause it only rains like four times a year in Arizona. So I was just sitting back there watching it and I was watching all this water just come off of my back porch. And I was like, dude, that is wasted water. I need that water. So I went and I um, found someone who would sell me, uh, I got a 450 gallon water tank and I got two 65 gallon water tanks. So now just off of my back porch alone, one storm comes through and it fills up those bad boys in half an hour. They're, they're full. How long does it take? How long do they last? Um, In the summer, not very long, but in the winter, I can maintain all my plants off of, off of those tanks being filled up one time. Wow. Great idea. Okay. So one of the things I want to tell you about, dude, you know, Jeff, she, he's kind of newer. He's uh, was the number one, number two, all state guy. He's now jumped over the independent world Mm -hmm. doing like two, 3 million in premium a month. I mean, the guy's, yeah, the guy's killing it. Dude's been around since September. He's already got 16 and a half million dollar agency. I mean, it's, it's an, it's nuts. We, we talk about that on another podcast, but one of the things that him and I have a heart for is we like to do mission trips. We like to um, to put our expertise or help certain causes that we like. And one of the ones that he has really got me um, turned on to is uh, urban um, urban farmers. Uh-huh. Okay, urban farmers is a very very cool. Um, and and I and I ask you to look this up, Michael, because they started in Kansas City. They were three four um, I think white dudes who decided we're going to go to the bad parts of the city. And we are going to create relationships. They took a little bit of their money. They bulldozed a couple houses down and then they set up a garden and they started teaching people from around the community how to keep this garden going. And then as it started going, they started building these gardens all over these communities and these people who were uh, drug addicts, drug dealers, they ended up like giving up stuff and coming to work here and finding jobs like because, hey, now I know I like this. But what was another cool thing is is a, um, someone who uh, saw, saw this and said, hey, I want to support this. They created, they said they needed water. And they needed it because they were using a lot of water, obviously, and someone has to support this. And a guy came forward and said, let's use um, solar power panels, put them all together. So now we generate the the electricity, but also that water comes off those solar powered panels. Mm-hmm. And they created this whole guttering system and then put this tank in the ground. And now they're connecting all these gardens to this tank. And so, and this is in Kansas city where we get normal rain, right? So it's just constantly filling this thing up. And now these guys are expanding their urban farmers to other large cities. And they're looking for people in those cities to say, Hey, would you help us try to go to this, those parts of the cities and create this? And uh, Jeff is a, uh, a major uh, person behind it, let's just say. Okay. Um, and and he he uh, Jeff, if uh, people are going to get to know Jeff, has one of the biggest hearts I know, and he um and he he works hard so that he can 
hurt, help people that are hurting. Awesome. So anyways, it's really, really cool. Urban Farmers, you should check it out. Do they have awesome videos out there and show everything they're doing? Um, have you ever thought about doing something like that and maybe using it not just so much for your own personal good or your business good, but maybe to try and help uh, the rest? Because I know mission work is a big thing. Yeah, of yours. well, 100%. 100%. That's my whole mission in life, to be honest, is to get to the point where I'm not doing anything for me anymore, but I'm just helping other people. Come on. Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's right. Zig Ziggy said it. Help everybody get what they want. And you'll get everything that you need. Uh, 100%. You know? Yep. That is, that is the point of it. I think it's even in the Bible. He says, gee, I can't remember who's writing it. He says even the birds don't necessarily worry about what they're going to eat. Do you see them stressing out? They go throughout the day and they are filled. You know, yep. Maybe not every day, but they're still alive. So I think there's a lot that can be lived from that. Good for you, Michael. Michael, anything you want to add to this conversation that maybe we didn't talk about? Um, no, but I did have the thought, you know, what they're doing with the urban gardeners, how they're getting these people off of drugs and whatnot. I have this, I have this theory, every single person, is addicted to something, whether it's something good to be addicted to or something bad to be addicted to. And so what I try and do in my life is find good things to be addicted to. So I thought it was interesting how you said people got off drugs and now they're here working in the garden. So they've just found their new addiction, but it's a new healthy, clean addiction. You may not want to call it addiction because addiction has that negative stigma, but I believe everyone needs to find something in their life that they can be positively addicted to. So I thought that was interesting when you mentioned that. And so that is really, really good. And I want to make sure that I get some of that uh, inside of the uh, – that was really good. I can't remember exactly what you said, but I'll listen to it again. Find the addiction or find something that you can get addicted to in your life. That's positive, right? Yeah. That's, that's yep. the key because yep. I can get addicted to candy real fast. Yeah. I, love, I love Skittles, dude. I am, a, I am a sucker for some Skittles. Sour yeah. Skittles is good. I, I love oh, the sour Skittles. Sour Skittles are so good. And then I tell you what, you, you want to try and come at me, all you loyal listeners, you're thinking, what can I buy Jason? Because Jason, I just want to buy Jason something. Send me bags of Starburst jelly beans. Oh, I yeah. love Starburst jelly beans. I love them much. And, and man, Mangoes. I do love mangoes. And you know, what's your favorite fruit? Mango. What's your favorite vegetable? Um, cauliflower. Cauliflower. It's funny. I was doing that. I was doing this podcast with this guy the other day and he kept calling it cauliflower. <laughs> That's what he kept calling. And I, I wanted to bust him out, but I was like, oh, dude, he's really saying it That's that way. Funny. It. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, I love some good cauliflower. And I'm like, <laughs> And he's from the east. I know, so it's not like he's like got a southern accent. Right. It's from the northeast. And I'm like, dude, it's cauliflower, bro. That's awesome. But anyways, yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to say my favorite fruit is going to be um, pomegranates. Oh. I, bro. I'm going to send you some when I have them this fall. <laughs> you're actually going to make – you can grow pomegranates in Arizona too? Pomegranates grow very easily in Arizona. I have four pomegranate trees, I think. Oh, dude, I love pomegranates. My boys and I, I mean, dude, we, we will get four or five of those and we have to take our shirts off, right? Because you know yeah. that they, they, they will stay. And me and my boys will just sit outside and just max them. Just, awesome. you know? Yeah, I love those pomegranates, man. Oh, they can't. That's one thing they can't make juice that tastes as good as. You yeah. got a real pomegranate is something that's very, very hard to replicate. Um, with chemicals. So yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Readers are leaders and leaders are readers. And I know you're a re uh, leader. You've been a, a leader of your organization. Are you reading anything? What, are, what do you read to pass the time? Yeah, I read a lot of stuff. Um, I'm reading, uh, what's the, I'm reading a marketing book right now and I forget the name. He's the big guy that uh, he sends out an email every day. Um, uh, Seth Godin. 
No. Um, uh, Ferris, uh, Tim Ferris. No, oh. these are guys that send it out every day. Okay. Uh, Steve Anderson. No, Steve Anderson does it once a week. Online. Nick, Nick is a, a, a storyteller guy. Nick Ayers loves him. Don, Don Miller. Don. Oh, I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. Is he good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, fantastic. that's fantastic. And he's got a book out. Yeah. He has a few books. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, um, reading that. Let's see. I have uh, Preston Schmidley's book. If you were here back here, I have profits first. Um, yep. Copy that sells right here. Let me see if I can get the, the author copy that sells by Ray Edwards. I thought was fantastic. That's helped me in uh, Nicholas Ayers course. Um, when I'm writing copy for my YouTube ads, um, mm -hmm. this, this book copy that sells has been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Nick is real big into that. Copywriting is something you don't hear a lot of people uh, talk about. Um, but when I hear people who are really good at it, like you and him talk about it, that tells me that it'll be a big thing in three to five years when people finally figure out like, hey, I can't move the needle anymore. It's looking back yeah. at people like yourself and go, well, what are they doing? Oh, they're doing this copywriting thing. One of the most brilliant things that Nicholas ever said to me, and my loyal listeners know this, and he said this to all of us, um, here, throw rocks. See, I don't even know where this is. But why my eco, why the um, loyal listeners, why an eco, uh, eco, a digital ecosystem like Teams or Slack is so important is I'm literally here talking with you, Michael, and you bring up something that reminds me of Nicholas told me years ago. I type it into my Teams, and here it is right here. See, awesome. this is this is the reason why you need this stuff, right? Yep. So Nicholas told me this a while back when it comes to copywriting, and we'll close it up. But I, I want to get your thought on here. There's a 27 page paper out there that a guy wrote on like how to how to persuade anybody to do something or as a guy or gal wrote I can't remember and they wrote they explained through the 27 or 28 pages what I'm going to write what this one sentence I'll read you right now and it breaks it down and you've probably heard Nicholas talk about this he says people will do anything for those who encourage their dreams justify their failures ally their fears and confirm their suspicions and help them throw rocks at their enemies. <laughs> That's fantastic. It is fantastic, right? Because because uh, Nicholas says if you can craft a copy, a, cra a copyright that is going to hit those objectives, I think there's six of them there, you're going to have great copyright because that's just the way the way the brain works. Yep. Yep. You're going to draw that person in. And uh, I still use that to this day um, that I don't use it like this is I have to write this copy. But if I'm trying to make sure I have everything in there, I may read that one every once in a while when I'm writing on my blogs. Just uh, uh -huh. the part I like the most is throwing rocks. Yeah, it's, it's the reason why people like Trump. Yes. I'm not here to get political. I'm not here to say he's better than the other. But one of the reasons why the base really likes him is just because he throws rocks at the yep. other people that they don't like. 100%. It just comes down to that sometimes. Yep. And, 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 and when you really think about it, I mean, you think about uh, what his, his people who do anything for encourage their dreams. Whether or not you're on one side of the fence or not, understanding what his base, that's what he's that's what they're doing, justifies their failures. I thought this was an injustice. I thought that this was being done wrong, right? He yep. plays into that. He allies their fears, tries to help them know, you know, where those fears are and where they do lie and 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 here's where really where they do lie. Maybe it's in a disadvantage. Um, that if you're on the other side of the Trump train, and I'm not on the Trump train, I'm just saying if you're on the other side of the Trump train, you may like be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like this. But understand for every I don't like this you feel, 
there's a lot of people out there who say, this guy speaks to me. Yep. And, uh, and that's the big thing. So what am I saying? I'm not saying that this is a Donald Trump commercial. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is I think we all can learn something from him. And, and, you can, and, and a lot of people overlook some of the great quality traits of any president because they're so focused on the things they hate, yep. right? I, I was not a huge fan of Obama, but oh my gosh, for me to sit here and say that the guy wasn't good for the country or he wasn't eloquent, he wasn't professional, he didn't give us courage and hope, that would be silly for me to say yep. that. Did I vote for him? No, but that's, that's silly to say. To understand that, uh, that Donald Trump is not one of the best marketers we've ever heard in our entire life. Yep. And I'm just going to tell you for everybody out there that doesn't like him, it is you who will reelect the person. CNN, MSNBC, they can't keep this guy off their pay. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to read. I read CNN and Fox News so I can uh -huh. get the, you know, the bullshit. And try yep. to filter out. And like, dude, Fox News very rarely ever talks about Joe Biden. Yeah. And they very rarely kind of talk about Trump. Maybe their stories. CNN. Trump, Trump, yep. Trump, Trump. Yep. I think their theory is is that if we build him up bad enough, our base will come out and over, over, overcome him. And actually, you're doing the exact yeah, opposite. Right, right. You are actually encouraging his base by going, dude. That's all you guys do is yep. don't give this guy any good yep. any good light. I thought they'd figure it out by now. It's been four I, years and they still have not figured it out. They <laughs> still have not figured it out. Once again, I want you to know, loyal listeners, Michael and I are not saying plus or against him. We're talking from a high-level view about American politics and how you're going to end up re-electing the guy. Yep. I'm being honest. If if all the news organizations, as F for Fox said, no one mentioned Trump's name, Trump's name at all. No one mentioned his name. I think he his popularity would actually go down. It yeah. would drive people nuts that they weren't talking about him. It would actually really drive him nuts. And he'd probably <laughs> start doing some crazy shit. So anyways, so anyways, hey, Michael, man, I appreciate you coming on, dude. Any Anything you want to leave uh, the loyal listeners with or anything like that? Tell them about you, where they can find you, your YouTube channel. Let them know, brother. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me. I am The Garden Nerd on YouTube. Find me, uh, posting new videos weekly um, if you want to learn about fruit trees. And uh, you're an intern, so you don't want to watch my intern's channel, so I won't tell you that. <laughs> but uh, I love video. If you're an intern's agent and you're not using video, you need to start now. I always tell people, you look and sound just as ugly in real life as you do in video. So don't let that hold you back. Just do it. <laughs> I love that, dude. I love that. And let me, let me add this, Michael. Let me ask you this so that they, when they're thinking about it, Somebody in New York, someone in Idaho could watch your video, figure out that they like to grow things and create horticulture industry as their niche as well. Yeah, right? 100%. Sometimes we don't think that. Sometimes so many people say, Jason, I wanted to do that, but you already did that. Or I wanted to do that, but Ryan Hanley already did that. And it's like, dude, like there's a lot of people out there that need insurance like copy everything we're doing you need any my copy i mean it, it right. doesn't matter to me because there's so many out there yep. you know it's it's uh it's a scarcity you know yeah. it's not my buddy wesley anderson says it all the time it's not this and that it's this no it's not this or that it's this and that scarcity gotta have that mindset get it out of here 100 that's something that nick taught me nick lives in arizona and he's like he helps me with everything he's like dude here's my script Here's this, mm -hmm. here's this, do this. He t and, and there's enough insurance for all of us to go around. Do you know what I do? So, so this is a little secret. Nick knows I do this. So instead of me bugging him all the time, like, hey, dude, I watched that video. That was great. I need that script. Finally, just because it 
he hates when I bug him and it takes a couple of days because he's busy. Uh-huh. I just take my recorder and I just put it up against it and I'll record it uh-huh. and then it, I transcribe it. And then I have all of the things anyway. And, and as I'm transcribing it, I'm making my own anyways. Yeah. So I, that's something I've done for a long time. So just so I don't bug him. Michael, I appreciate you, dude. The industry appreciates you. I don't think you realize how much importance you're doing. I think in three to five years, you're going to be trying to figure out how to get rid of personal lines. That's my prediction. Tell me if I'm wrong. Three years. Okay. Three years, you'll be figuring out how to get rid of it. You're just going to find out that I guess, the, you know, it's not about having 5,000 clients. It's about having 500 clients that pay you $10,000 a piece or $15,000 a piece. You'll start to figure out that when you first get into a niche, it's all like, wow, these people trust me. They know me. Okay. And then what happens is, is you write a bunch of five, $10,000 accounts. And then all of a sudden, like you find a $30,000 account and that person starts to trust you and they start telling you other friends. And then you start going, wow. And then you run into that $60,000 premium account and you're like, holy cow, but something happens. All of a sudden, those five five thousand dollar accounts call you on the same day, and they need certificates, and they need you to read contracts and all kinds of stuff. And you're thinking to yourself, "Dude, I got paid two hundred seventy five dollars on this thing, yeah, or five hundred seventy five dollars, or a thousand dollars, but yet I'm working on an account that's going to bring me fifteen thousand dollars in revenue." That comes in every agent's mind. If you're good at niche. If you're good at niche, a lot of people like to get in niche and they start getting into it and they're like, well, I'm also going to continue to do what I do. You know why they do that? Because they don't want to prospect. Uh-huh. Agents agents who are the difference in the separators are those who create the niche, but then also their life becomes absorbed into the niche. Mm-hmm. It's not 20% of their agency is the niche and 80% is generalist. It's 20% is generalist and 80% is the niche. And yeah. when you start going that way, that that revenue per client starts climbing. And if you're doing it correctly, you can't stop it. One thing you can stop though, is you can't stop it from coming in, but you can also stop, maybe they're not ones you want to stop from coming in, but you may have to stop some of those from coming in that you're just kind of like, hey, you know, perfect example. I got a nonprofit right now. I can get it on an agent of record. It's like $11,000 in premium. I told them we'd be more than willing to take you on. I'm pretty sure that we can handle you. That's what we do is nonprofits. With that said, we may not be able to give you the uh, the time and attention you may need if you require it because we have other clients who are may call me and say, Jason, I need you here right now, and I got to do that. And if you're okay with that, you're fine. Oh, well, Jason, heck, we only call our agent once or twice a year anyways. We'll be fine. Okay, then that's this. Yeah. But, but we have to have that conversation up front because I don't want you to be upset later on. And Michael, uh, Overstreet, three years. Today is 2020. 2023, you're going to be saying to me before then, you're going to be like, Cass, I'm telling you what, I may not be getting rid of personal lines, but I'm really cutting back on it because people who understand niche, that's what happens. And you're creating a niche that uh, few can do. So good for you, Michael. Thank you. I hope you're right. I'll talk to you in three years. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to talk before then, but I'll be right. I promise you. Hey, this has been Jason Cass with Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I gave you real agents, Ryan, inside real agency his giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This has been Cass. He's Michael. We're out.